Whether you're a total newbie to podcasting or even if you've had a show before like me, you know how intimidating it can be to start your show. The tech side especially can be daunting. That's why I'm so grateful Anchor exists. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. They knock down all the barriers to entry. Let me explain. First off, it's free. I don't know how or why, but I'm happy about it. The platform's great. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. I can't even begin to describe how much easier it was to get my show on all the major platforms this time than it was a few years ago. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's right. You build your show, you make money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place, and the company is committed to the success of its content creators. Go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. Gavin told me I need to put my mask on between bites when I'm out to eat. So that's what I'm doing because I listen to my Lord and Savior, Gavin Newsom. I am hiding my bites. You can say that I'm hiding and biting. Call me hiding biting. It's high noon for Wednesday, October 7th, 2020. And the shit is hitting the fan and getting real, which means at the same time, the shit is becoming real shit and hitting a fan. And you know what happens then? Well, probably your fan just gets really shitty. Unless it's a really powerful fan. And in that case, it blows the shit all back on you. I think that's the point. Sorry for the imagery. I didn't plan on starting High Noon this way. It just happened. Guys, please give the show a rating on iTunes. If you haven't yet, it helps. It really, really helps. It takes you two seconds. If you're listening on iTunes... Go to where the show lives on iTunes, scroll down to the bottom where there are ratings and reviews and do both of them. It takes you two minutes. Very helpful to me. Appreciate it. Also, you can follow the podcast on Instagram and Twitter at I'm your moderator. You can support the show by going to I'm your moderator Now let's get into it. I was sort of into it. Now I'm really into it. For real, Gavin Newsom said that Californians should put their mask back over their mouth between bites. I posted this the other night. I forgot to talk about it yesterday. For that, I apologize. Because I know that you want the funniest, most important news all the time. The funniest part of it is that some people think that's real news and real good advice. 
In fact, someone wrote me back saying that they had already witnessed people doing this before Lord Gavin sent down his proclamation from on high. You know, because of the science. The science of pulling your mask down, taking a bite of food, putting your mask back on, and pretending that bacteria doesn't go all over your mask while you're eating. Or while you touch it and take it down off your face and put it on your fucking chin like a chin strap, you little babies. It's like you rode the short bus to school and you have to wear a helmet at recess. Unbelievable to me that thinking independent adults can read that and think, oh, yeah. I'm glad that I submitted to this, that I handed over my personal agency to the most corrupt people on earth. Good Lord. You know, again, I'm not religious, but there was always a phrase from my childhood And I think it was my Little League baseball coach who used to say it. But he would say, God helps those who help themselves. And I was like, what? Like, why would I need God's help if I already help myself? I was missing the point because I was eight. If these people refuse to help themselves and move beyond their own ignorance... It is not your responsibility to fix it for them. Okay? So here we go. Last night, or maybe it was the evening. It's so hard to tell with that three-hour delay, but I'm trying to be accurate on East Coast time as well as West Coast time. So let's just call it evening. Donald Trump tweeted that he has declassified all intelligence-related to the Russian collusion hoax. And smart people cheered this decision. Stupid people complained that Donald Trump had been tweeting too much yesterday and it must be a result of the medications making him crazy. And while he could be finishing this deal with the Democrats, instead he's tweeting about Russian collusion. <laughs> what a fool! This jig is up. There is no way to take people seriously who say things like that anymore. Okay? First off, let's knock out this Democratic stimulus narrative for a second. Okay? The Democrats have put massive packages of stimulus on the table for Trump since May. And he has not signed them. Why has he not signed them? Because of what's in the package and because of the size of the package. Now, what the Democrats have exposed by doing this is a method of politics, and it's hard to say governing, that has existed for quite a while, okay? You've heard the phrase before about crises presenting opportunities 
ones that they should not miss. Rahm Emanuel was famous for talking about this. And so what they have done the last 30 or 40 years, probably longer, I'm just talking about the stuff that I know, is when a crisis comes along, they will pass a massive uh, stimulus package or spending package. Part of that money goes to actually help the problem that they're addressing. And then the rest of it goes to line the pockets of their supporters and constituents and failing governors. Okay. And this is not me making something up. This is how this stuff goes. This is why it's happening. I have told you since May that what Democrats are after in these stimulus packages are three major things and then a whole lot of priorities underneath them. Okay. The first major thing was the implementation of universal mail-in balloting. That is why they were pushing for it so hard. That is why they were saying that COVID would present a danger to voting in person, even though it does not at all. And they've been saying this since May when they certainly had no idea. Now, they have switched that to saying that they, you should vote early and in person. Why do they switch that? Because they didn't get universal mail-in balloting and because at a high rate, there are stories coming out all over the country of these universal mail-in ballots either being fraudulently used, harvested, or there was an error in their production and delivery that has rendered those ballots irrelevant and useless. And who knows how the voters who were supposed to receive those ballots, assuming that they're alive and still at their address, how are they going to vote? Now, I had a friend of mine start commenting yesterday on a post that I had put up a while ago um, discussing voter fraud, that like voter fraud happens in small ways every election and that ballots being sent to dead people in every election wasn't a big deal because we've heard about it. And then everyone knows it hasn't been a problem. Of course, it has been a problem. And how would everyone know? How would everyone know? Have they been investigating it in Democratic states? Have Democrats been using the apparatus of their own Democratic government to expose Democratic fraud? Of course they haven't. But now someone is finally watching. So that's what's happening. But back to the stimulus. Priority one, universal mail-in balloting. That failed. Priority two, Concessions to the teachers unions, teachers unions in democratic cities that are being run now by BLM organizers. Am I joking? No, I'm not. Look at L.A. And what sorts of things do they ask for? Here are some things that they have still been asking for right up till now. Literally, this is stuff that was on the bill that Trump denied and they are not budging on this stuff or the third thing, which I'm about to tell you, but here you go. These are in the coronavirus relief package. And this is from Lee Zeldin, the Congressman. 
Remember, this is about coronavirus. Cashless bail. Mass prison release, including violent criminals. Nationwide ballot harvesting. A voter ID ban, which means that there can never be put into place a system that actually verifies that the person filling out the ballot is the person that should be filling out the ballot. And they think that's a good thing. And here's another one. Stimulus checks to illegal immigrants. What's wrong with that? Now, Trump said that the negotiations are over. And then later on Twitter, he said, send me a clean bill to get stimulus to the American people and I will sign it. And then the fucking simpletons in the media are like, oh, he said he was walking away from the table. But look at that. Now he's negotiating again. Uh, no, idiots. That's not negotiating. That is publicizing your final offer. Okay? That's not a negotiation. That doesn't mean he's coming back to the table and he's going to allow a final offer plus some stuff they want. That would be negotiating. Stating your final offer so the American people know it and see it is not a negotiating tactic. It is a get things done tactic and he has proven again and again and again that that is what he is interested in doing to pretend that Donald Trump is the one keeping relief away from the American people is to be an utter fucking idiot okay smart people can see their way through this nonsense if you can't see through it you ain't smart You don't get a do-over. You are failing the test. You have failed the test. Go back to junior high like Billy fucking Madison and start over. Now, what is the third demand? The third demand is the biggest demand and the one that there is no chance in hell that Donald Trump will say yes to. Okay? And that's the bailouts of New York and California and other Democratic states that have run their state so poorly and mishandled the coronavirus so extraordinarily and so dishonestly that they now have no conceivable way to get their states out of financial ruin. The only way they can do that is by resigning from office and allowing every Democrat in power in those states to be removed from office and replaced with people who are interested in actually governing. Now, why is California so in debt? I've talked about public sector pensions before. Let's talk about it again. Pensions 
are like payment right now, but delayed until later. Okay. When you are a person who is accepting a public sector job with a pension or even a private sector job with a pension, what you're saying is I am accepting the fact that my work is worth more on the free market, but I am willing to trade some of that current income for additional security after I leave this job when I retire. For many people my age and younger, this idea doesn't even make sense because we assume that we're going to move from job to job and that we're not going to stay at one career for 30 or 35 years and collect that pension. So this isn't as relevant a thing for us to know or think about. But for prior generations, this mattered quite a lot. People who wanted to stay in one job, they were, uh, you know, they were of the generation that valued the delay of gratification to get the bigger win on the other end because they planned on having a family and a spouse and wanting a house and wanting to send kids to college and they wanted to have a nice retirement. So they take a pension. And when they retire, they still get paid a portion of their salary. Oftentimes, it's up to two-thirds. So if you're making $100,000 this year and you retire and you have fully vested your pension after 35 years or whatever it is, then you'll get like sixty dollars or $70,000 a year for the rest of your life, each year for being retired. Does that sound great? Hell yes, it does. Okay. If you keep hiring more and more employees under this system over the course of years and decades, it is impossible to continue paying current salaries in addition to all of those pensions that keep piling on year after year that don't have commensurate productivity right now. Okay. Now, add that to the fact that life expectancy has grown by at least like 10 years from when we expected the retirement age to just be 65 and people would spend their whole lives at that job. So if you're 65 and you live to 70 and that pension pays you $70,000 a year, Then you've got five years at $70,000. That's $350,000. If you live to 95 instead of 70 and you're making $70,000 a year for 30 years, then that's $2.1 million. That is a massive difference. Okay, and that's exactly what's happening. And so these blue states are dramatically in debt from pensions and from poor management. Let's get to that. How is it that California still has money for these massive projects for the homeless, for the bullet train to nowhere? For all of these ridiculous programs, of course, California doesn't have that money. Because California's pension debt is one hundred billion dollars. 
And what does California do? They keep their state shut down for six months. Not in accordance with any science. Same thing in New York. All these Democratic states are doing the same thing. How do you get out of that if you're Gavin Newsom without a bailout? What happens when all of California realizes what you've done? Gavin Newsom still thinks he's going to be president someday. Gavin Newsom is part of one of the most corrupt governments in the entire world. And you know another one? Washington, D.C. Why do you think Democrats want D.C. statehood? Okay? Because they know that that would mean two senators and one congressman permanently for them. And now Democrats, the racists that they are, would say, well, no, it's, it's not because of corruption that D.C. always votes for Democrats. It's because there's such a high black population and black people know that they have to vote for Democrats. And these people walk away from saying something like that, thinking that they're the good ones and that they know about politics because they know how the demographics work. It's not racist. It's just demographics. Facts can only be racist when they say so. So it's okay to use these numbers now and say that because the African-American vote has commonly gone to Democrats, that African, that African-American voters will keep voting for Democrats and that therefore the Democrats must be doing a good job helping quote unquote communities because people keep voting for them. Now, Does ballot harvesting have anything to do with why black urban environments and urban communities consistently vote for Democrats? Can't be that, can it? And here's another thing. They think the same thing about Puerto Rico. Even though Puerto Rico shows no signs of continuing to be aligned with Democrats. In fact, the governor of Puerto Rico yesterday endorsed Donald Trump. But they still want those two senators, so they're going to try. And why do they want those senators? Well, they have told us before. In fact, they told us in 2008 when Obama won. They said that the demographic trends would prove to be a permanent Democratic majority. Turns out they failed on that one. But that was their strategy. Their strategy was to continue dominating the vote of minority communities. That was their strategy. They weren't shy about it. They were very clear about it. And let's not forget the goal. The goal is a permanent Democratic majority. Now, if you are not able to win the hearts and minds of a majority of 330 million people, about your actual policies, what would you do to achieve a permanent majority? Let's explore. Well, one, you would push for a national popular vote so that you didn't actually have to serve any communities besides the ones in big cities. 
And who do you target there? Certainly not business owners because they're not stupid. You target white, upwardly mobile millennials. And minority communities. And if they won't vote for you because they continue seeing how corrupt you are and how much you fail them for 60 years. If that doesn't work, you can just go take their ballots. That literally is what's happening. So why would you want a universal mail-in balloting system? Well, because if you send ballots to all registered voters rather than just active ones, you leave millions and millions of ballots out there. Now, should we believe that a state like California does not know whether or not its citizens are dead, whether or not they've moved away? Of course they know. And so if they send those people ballots anyway, and they know which people are dead, well, by golly, they know where the ballots went, don't they? I like saying by golly now. It's my new thing. I'm going to do it a lot. But how else do you get a permanent Democratic majority? Well, you could abolish the filibuster so you can pass anything you want. Laws like universal mail-in balloting. Laws like banning voter ID. That helps, doesn't it? And then what happens when a court case is brought saying that all of this is constitutional? Or I'm sorry, the, the case would say it's unconstitutional, challenging whether it is constitutional. That would go to the Supreme Court. But the thing is, in a matter of a week or so, the Supreme Court is going to have a five to three conservative originalist majority with one weak-willed waffler in the middle, John Roberts. So how do you fix that? Well, you pack the court. You're pretending that they care about abortion rights? Really? When you hear people complain that the Supreme Court is going to overturn Roe versus Wade, and that's why you need to stop them at all costs, and that's why you need to stack the court, you should understand that the person saying that is either a liar or a moron. First off, despite whatever your opinions might be about abortion, and I'm somewhere in the middle, I understand the pro-life argument, I understand the pro-choice argument. I do not think you can be pro-choice after five months or you are really running into some serious, serious moral problems. And I think it's probably going to you know, be found out that consciousness arises earlier than that. And I think that we need to begin preparing ourselves that that window should, on a moral basis, be closed further 
And I'm not saying it should be closed completely. I don't want people having unwanted pregnancies and having to raise kids they're not prepared to raise. That is not my goal. At the same time, believing that abortion is the most important issue that your pro-choice position is a good reason to pack the courts means you have the worst priorities on the planet. Okay? Birth control is an option. Abstinence is an option. Not that I'm saying it's one I take. I'm not judging anybody's behavior. I'm not judging their sexual proclivities. Do what you like. But understand what you're doing. Understand that these situations are not totally out of your control. And we don't need to turn the American system of government upside down to preserve that. But regardless of where you come down on that issue, stop lying to yourselves about what the issue is. This is not about abortion. It is about creating a permanent Democratic majority. They have already done this in California. Okay? The system has been corrupted to the point where it is nearly impossible to get Republicans elected in California. And these liberal morons in Hollywood would tell you that that's because California is way ahead of everybody else and we're just smarter. And that's why we know to vote for Democrats. No. California is one of the most corrupt places on earth, and it is one of the worst states in the country for education. Stop lying to yourselves. Okay. And so those are the three things that were and are preventing this relief package from going through. You might have different conclusions than I do, but I am over the moon that Donald Trump is saying no to that. I do not want $2 trillion worth of taxpayer money spent on Democratic priorities that are 100% designed to cement a permanent Democratic majority. Why would any thinking person want that? Guys, I don't want a permanent Republican majority either. Although that would be safer because at least they're conservative and not trying to change things. A permanent Democratic majority has no future. A one-party state that has the ability to tell its citizens to stay in their homes so that they don't get a bad cold is North Korea. And we're pretending it's good because they cover it in woke. They tell you some statistics to put a veneer of intelligence Upon their brain dead slop. Stop believing this. 
I didn't mean to spend 25 minutes on that. But sometimes I just get started and I can't stop. And I feel like the mask smoking. That wasn't an impression. That was me doing my own version. It's different. So the documents were declassified. I chose Susan Rice as the first one to read. Within the first 30 pages, she admits in no uncertain terms that she has seen no intelligence nor evidence that Donald Trump had colluded, conspired, or cooperated with the Russians to affect the 2016 presidential campaign. Now, this is one of the 53 Adam Schiff interviews that I had told you about. Guess what the other ones say? Same goddamn thing. Guess how many people who were interviewed and who testified in these closed sessions have perjured themselves? Bet it's a lot. Again, Here's the short version. Hillary Clinton was about to have her emails exposed. To distract from that, she, with the FBI, particularly James Comey, and the CIA, particularly John Brennan, and Barack Obama, and Joe Biden, created the Russian collusion hoax from nothing. That didn't work. Donald Trump won. Hillary Clinton refused to concede that night because she wanted to regroup and see if there was another way that they could steal the election. But it turned out there wasn't. So she conceded the next day. And that's when the attempt to undermine Michael Flynn began. Again, the FBI, the CIA, the Clintons, Obama, and Biden were all part of this. Read about the January 5th, 2017 meeting in the Oval Office. Susan Rice was there. So they undermined Michael Flynn, who was going to be uh, Donald Trump's incoming national security advisor. Obama had fired him previously because Michael Flynn was an opponent of Barack Obama's awful Iran nuclear deal. And so they tried to subvert and ruin Michael Flynn so that he could not be Donald Trump's national security advisor. That part worked. The cover-up did not. They pushed Michael Flynn as also a Russian asset to diminish Donald Trump's presidency. This is not a peaceful transition of power. Okay? If your friends on the left start telling you that Donald Trump is undermining the election and undermining the peaceful transition of power, they don't know anything. Do not listen to them. Do not respect them. Do not take them seriously. 
laugh in their faces, ask them questions about why they think what they think. They will have no answers. And then ask them, what do you think happened to Michael Flynn? They will not be able to answer you. And at that point, politely end the conversation and tell them, until you know the answer to that question, I cannot take you seriously about any of this and move on with your life. And if they don't want to be your friend anymore, all good. They're not a good friend anyway. Okay. So then they launched the Mueller investigation for two years. All sorts of FBI agents on this. I think it was like 17 or something. 19. Maybe I'm totally off. It's hard to remember all these things sometimes. Cost tens of millions of dollars. And they found nothing. And in the meantime, Mueller involved himself with the obvious corruption that was happening. And what happened after that? Well, Donald Trump got impeached. Why did Donald Trump get impeached? Over a phone call about Ukrainian investigations into Joe Biden. What did Joe Biden do? Well, between him and his son, they sold Joe Biden's office to moneyed foreign adversaries to affect U.S. policy. That's exactly what they accused Donald Trump of doing and impeached him over it. Paul Sperry from the Hoover Institute this morning tweeted out that there is now an active investigation into Joe Biden. Where do you think that this is going to go? The funny thing is there's a paper trail to literally everything I'm telling you. This isn't a conspiracy theory. The Russia hoax was a conspiracy theory. The Mueller investigation was a conspiracy theory. The way COVID has been handled and communicated by the press and Democrats is a conspiracy theory. Black lives matter. And the idea that they are helping black people anywhere is a conspiracy theory. The idea that Donald Trump is trying to undermine the election or the peaceful transfer of power is a conspiracy theory. Okay? These people have used the full apparatus of the American intelligence system to spy on American citizens, steal an election, disrupt the peaceful transition of power, and then undermine a duly elected American president. This is the greatest political crime in American history, if not the world. You cannot look away from this. If your friends look away from this, they are anti-American. If they can be told this, refuse to believe it and look away and vote for Joe Biden, they are anti-American. Okay? These people do not have a successful future in this country. And by the way, trust me, this is not something I am saying as a threat. And I'm not saying that we should move into 
like a new McCarthyism. Not at all. I'm not interested in hunting these people down, finding out who they are, canceling them, exposing their private conversations. I don't want any of that. I'm saying something different. I am saying that these celebrities who think that they are just doing the same political thing that they do in every cycle and repeating the central narrative to their stupid fans are exposing themselves as dishonest, ignorant, maliciously stupid, and completely anti-American. People are not going to take them seriously until they humble themselves and admit what they have done and why they have done it. Again, I used to be right where they are. Listen to this podcast from the beginning if you don't believe me. You can literally hear me become a Trump supporter throughout this time because I discovered all these things because realizing what was happening with COVID forced me to see this. Some of them are just blind and lazy and not paying attention. And they are totally allowed to do that as Americans. Okay. No one has to be informed about politics, but if you're not going to be, and you're not going to be honest about it, then you shouldn't be talking about it, okay? Especially not if you're a public figure with millions of followers who believe because you said lines that someone else wrote that you are more thoughtful and more intelligent than you actually are. And I want to make this so, so, so clear, guys, because we are in a very important stage right now. All right. These next three or four weeks are extraordinarily important. This is why I care so much. And this, to some extent, is an end game of the project that I've undertaken. Okay. Because the goal here is not simply to win Trump an election. That is not my goal. My goal, first of all, is to win the election in a landslide so that there is no doubt. But that's only because my bigger goal is to break American society of the fever it has endured for the last 40 plus years. I do not want a civil war. If you don't believe that that is what Democrats are aiming at, you need to read an article called The Coming Coup by Michael Anton. These are Democrat power players. Look up the Transition Integrity Project. John Podesta is there. Okay? Like, this isn't a joke. This is the Democratic Party wargaming what happens after the election. It's not a joke. The only way we can prevent that stuff is by getting all of the reasonable people we know not to agree with us, okay? They don't have to agree with us. If they want to go out and vote for Joe Biden, they can. But if the possible future becomes a reality that they are going to try to force the overturning of the will of the American people after November 3rd, the reasonable people out there need to know, first of all, 
that Trump's supporters are not their enemies. Okay. That Biden's ardent supporters, these liars and frauds, are not their friends. If there comes a time to take sides, we need these people on America's side. We also want them on America's side so that they can have their moment of redemption as so many of the rest of us already have had, okay? And I don't mean to make this like too airy or religious or metaphorical. This is what I really believe. We might be reaching a point of no return. I do not want to reach that point. So the goal is not to convince people you are right. The goal is to convince them that they might not be. Just keep their minds open just so much. And guys, I also want to be clear that where I am coming from is not at all a position of anger or hate. I'm not mad at these people. I don't hate them. I am mad at what has been done to them and I want to help them see their way out. All right. I'm actually really, really optimistic about the future. I believe Donald Trump's reelection and the fallout from this coup attempted by Clinton, Obama, Biden, the FBI, the CIA. I believe that all of this coming to light has the opportunity to bring us an American renaissance. And that's what I've been calling it. How much more healthy would our art community be? For instance, if we valued free speech again, how great would it be if we didn't have to pass our movie scripts through the Chinese Communist Party before we could spit out Wonder Woman to a bunch of brain dead simps who think they care about feminism for fuck's sake? Do we need this programming? Do we need Seth Meyers and James Corden and Jimmy Fallon telling us how we should think? No, we don't. Likewise, we don't need the media telling us how to think. We don't need to get our information from them. There are plenty of independent journalists on Twitter who are on the ground in places breaking stories. There isn't some special talent that you learn at journalism school that makes it impossible for people who didn't go to journalism school to be able to tell accurate stories. All you need is experience and honesty. That's it. You can find these people yourselves or I find them all the time. You can follow me on Twitter. Follow my followers. Don't even follow me. If you don't want my take on it, please don't follow me. Follow the people I am following. Okay? And see if you come to the same conclusions as me. I don't need to sway you one way or another. I know you'll have no problem seeing, oh, this is what it's like to get real information. Wow. Yeah, my my beliefs don't align with the people I thought they did at all. And what a moment that will be. What a moment that will be.
All right. I feel like I just held a sermon here. Didn't even chant. But honestly, guys, approach all of this with love. I know you're not getting it from the other side. And again, that doesn't mean to sound religious either. But the truth is, some of this shit actually is biblical. Turn the other cheek, okay? Doesn't matter what they called you. Doesn't matter what they said. When they come to you and say, okay, I understand you were right. Accept them. Honor them. Thank them. I'll be back tomorrow at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Listen to Hope's Fall because they're a fantastic band. Goodbye. If you like the show, please share it with your friends and give it a five-star rating on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts so new listeners can take your word for it. You can follow the show on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at I'm Your Moderator. If you have feedback, you can email heymoderator at imyourmoderator.com or use the hashtag heymoderator on Twitter. If you'd like to support the show, search Be Reasonable on Patreon where I'll have additional daily ish segments in a special podcast feed of the show, as well as my writing and audio readings of those articles. You can also go to anchor.fm slash be reasonable and become a supporter there. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Be reasonable. In my mind, that's the end game. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow what I'm reading and thinking throughout the day, you can do that by downloading the Telegram Messenger app and going to t.me slash I'm your moderator. On social media, you can follow me on Truth Social, Getter, and Gab at I'm your moderator. I also have channels on Rumble and BitChute. If you'd like to follow the writing, you can find me at I'mYourModerator.Substack.com. The merch site is CancelCouture.com or go direct shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel-couture. If you'd like to support the podcast financially, the best place to do that is Kofa. Go to ko-fi.com slash I'mYourModerator. And all of these details will appear in the show notes with each episode. I'll see you soon, down on the range. It's hell!